Sandy hair. Trina seemed to take the attention in stride, but it inflated me. My gingerbread brown face was symmetrical, with two eyes placed where eyes should be, lips that weren't full or thin, a nose that would keep me alive, hair that was thick and strong but otherwise unremarkable. Nobody turned to stare at me when I walked down the street, not the way they did with Trina. I used to think of her beauty as an insurance policy that would guarantee her a perfect life. A lot of people who aren't beautiful think this way. It was six o'clock, and I had a standing appointment with the treadmill and some free weights. Trina stirred, then turned over and stared at me. Hey, grown woman, I said, teasing. My back hurts, she said, her voice still tinged with sleepiness. She yawned and arched her body then settled herself beneath the covers. This was a setup, and we both knew it. Well, you should get on the floor and do those exercises I showed you. That will get the kinks out. Oh, Mommy, she wailed, fully awake. Oh, Mommy, what? Can't you rub it just a little bit? I felt a tinge of annoyance. She knew I worked out every morning. Turn over. Her motion was languid a movement befitting the idle rich. I leaned over my daughter and began kneading her back and shoulders. There were no knots of tension anywhere. She became limp beneath my fingers. In a few minutes, she was asleep again. Downstairs in my kitchen, I stopped to get a bottle of water before going into the small gym located next to the garage. Thirty minutes on the treadmill at five miles per hour, followed by fifteen minutes of lifting free weights, then about 20 minutes of floor exercises. That was my routine. I've always been into fitness. I opened the windows, turned on loud salsa music, and began my workout. By the time I'd finished running in place, my forehead was dripping and my clothes were damp. I reached for the free weights, lifting and lowering, extending and holding, until my biceps were ready to secede from the rest of my body. I forced myself to do 200 sit-ups and 50 leg thrusts, panting and sweating like a beagle on crack. Forty push-ups to go. I counted from one to ten, then ten to one, then twenty to one. Shrink the challenge, my way of psyching myself out. All my muscles seemed to be bursting when I finally began stretching. Time for euphoria. I did it. Let's go somewhere, Mommy. Trina said when I returned to the bedroom. She hadn't moved from the spot where I had left her. Like where? Trina paused for a moment, considering her options, confident now that the morning had begun with her first request being granted, that her every bidding would be honored. Let's go downtown and get some flowers. Her voice was childlike, with a smooth, unperturbed lilt, a tone that made her sound so vulnerable. This eight-year-old voice gave me reason to pause, to ponder. She hadn't sounded like that in a long time. Trina wasn't capable of moving fast in the morning. If prodded, she turned first irritable and then insufferable. I, on the other hand, dressed quickly. But then my uniform for Saturdays was easy. Sweats and sneakers, no makeup, no hairdo totally unlike my fashion plate weekday attire. I glanced in the mirror in my bathroom. My mother stared back at me. Impossible to escape her. 
Same eyes, same mouth, and smile, same cheekbones. I closed my eyes and untied the silk scarf that held my short bob in place. Two strokes of the comb, a few little flips with my fingers, and I was done. From the kitchen, I could hear Trina thumping around inside her room, opening and slamming drawers. She was her own personal tornado. The mess she'd leave behind her when she finally descended would be a viable submission for a Guinness record. She had on both the television and the radio. Hoping she wouldn't take forever, I made breakfast, cleaning up and putting things away as I cooked. The birthday cake I'd baked was still on the counter. The 18 candles intact. The stove, floor, and sink were spotless. If I couldn't control my child, at least I was in charge of my kitchen. When she was finally dressed, Trina bounded down the stairs like an exuberant puppy. You fixed breakfast! Yummy! There was again the baby voice. I made breakfast most days. Not that I'm such a Betty Crocker, but because Trina had to eat well. We sat at the kitchen table and gobbled up the non-fat bran muffins, scrambled eggs, and oatmeal I'd prepared. I poured hot coffee for me and orange juice for Trina. Taking the plates to the sink to scrape them, I could see Trina from the corner of my eye, stealing a sip from my cup. My shoulders tightened, inched upward. Trina wasn't supposed to have caffeine. But then she reached for the small bottle of pink pills that was between the salt and pepper shakers. She shook out one, placed it carefully in her mouth, and swallowed it with the hot liquid. For the last three or four months, I hadn't had to remind her. She took another sip of coffee, and then several more. Maybe she was having trouble swallowing the pill. You don't have to keep staring at me, she said when I sat back down. I can't look at my own gorgeous child. I always tried to stop myself from watching Trina, or at least being caught at it. I know what I have to do. I want to go to school in September. I'm not worried, sweetie. Some days that was true. Crenshaw Boulevard was just beginning to open his eyes as we made our way down from the hills of View Park. The quiet neighborhood that looms above the usually bustling business district. It was just after eight o'clock, and the mall was still closed, of course, as were most of the stores that lined the street. But the small army of hucksters, whose domain was the block just north of Slauson Boulevard, had already queued up. Their wares were arranged neatly on tables near the backs of their vans. Or on portable shelves that were as close to the oncoming traffic as was legally possible, or illegally possible. CDs, tapes, African garb, a few food items, some household products, and clothing were for sale, as well as the occasional bootleg video. Got that new Chris Rock right here. Give me five. The most colorful items were the T-shirts and caps hanging from the chain-link fence. That surrounded a vacant lot and served as a backdrop for the makeshift outdoor mall. There were no hordes walking along Crenshaw. Customers had to be hunted, then captured. Several salesmen waded into traffic, vigorously waving their goods. I beat my horn as I passed Fishman, 
a portly gentleman who sold fresh salmon from the back of a white van at prices that were far lower than at the grocery store. A few feet away, Mr. Beanpie, representing the capitalistic interest of the Nation of Islam, clad in the requisite suit and bow tie, hawked newspapers and mouth-watering pies created from the lowly navy bean to drivers stopped at the red light. Beyond the bakery section, young men were approaching idling cars, holding up T-shirts, caps, and all manner of Lakers regalia, not to mention American flags in every size for every conceivable place. I whizzed by them. I had a flag sticking in my lawn and one on my car and no longer break for old glory. The last enterprise zone belonged to Crenshaw's most ubiquitous sales force, the incense people. Later in the day, they would prop themselves in front of laundromats and beauty parlors, slouch against the exterior walls of Krispy Kreme donuts, Rite Aid, and Savon drugs, waving their wares and chanting, Pass some incense! to anyone who ventured close enough to be considered a possible sale. Based on the sheer size of the IP workforce, it was a wonder that a mushroom cloud wasn't hovering over South Central at all times. Either we were the dope smokingest folks in the city, or we were meditating around the clock. Maybe both. Several young men were eyeing my car, their fists dangling the telltale plastic bags, but fortunately the light was green. Among the lesions of hucksters, the IP were the risk-takers and had been known to jump in front of moving vehicles, defying death and dismemberment for the sale of a $1 bag. Half a block away, Crazy Man was standing near one of the IP. Some of my neighbors referred to him that way, and even though...